Welcome, guys, to our podcast, The Art of Death, with Call Ray. Hi, my name is Ray. I am Atlas. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, do you like crack? Do you also like philosophy? Do you like talking about deep things? Listen to bullshit television. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay, what is it? It's fucking amazing. Ha! Ha ha! Atlas, take it away! And I got deep into Pelosopotasio, even though I've never read any <laughs> of the texts. I just really, really enjoyed, yeah, That's what okay. I've heard about him, and I just did research on him. It also like symbolizes how I read philosophy. So facts, though, you know, because I'm always talking about like quotes from 1984, and I've never read 1984. Yeah, I'm always like, oh yes, and it was true because the party said it was true. Ah ah ah. Also, I've never read this book. I mean, also, yeah, like, realistically, reading 1984 is, like, like in its entirety is, like, fucking painful. You know what I mean? Probably. So, I don't fucking blame you for not reading it. I'm and also, the internet exists. I'm also, yeah, true. But I'm also pretty sure that, like, I have... There's a 110% chance that I haven't read everything by Nietzsche mm-hmm, or Foucault right. or Wittgenstein or right. Deleuze. Right, right. Or even Rawls. And I'm over here just like, oh, these guys, they're, they're so pretty. They're so fun. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Also, welcome to episode two, guys. I hope you like uh, our intro. My bad. Anyways, let's go back to what we're talking about, Nietzsche. We can. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's like, I'm always ready. I'm always ready. My legs are wide open for that man. Yes. <laughs> and cheeks. Yeah, That's yeah. yeah on yeah. your face, Nietzsche Ray. Can, <laughs> Nietzsche can clap his cheeks anytime. But I mean, on your face. On my face. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll give each other mustache rides. Oh nice. Yeah. Good job. I love you, Nietzsche. Ha ha. But he's, yeah. he's like rolling in his grave and shit. <laughs> he doesn't even understand what's like <laughs> going on. No, or he's he down there in hell, like fucking satan and he's like what the hell are you saying boy <laughs> leave me be <laughs> oh i was texting with a mutual friend of ours the other day yeah and she goes you're literally the fucking antichrist and started laughing a lot and i was yeah. like yep sure i'll own it i was like, I'll take that i was literally about to say right now i was like that's hella funny that nietzsche is looking up to you from hell <laughs> fearing you Oh, yes, as he should. Yeah. Is Nietzsche really in hell, though? See, because unlike Nietzsche, I actually care about liberation mm. and explicitly say that, not implicitly. Yeah, right. <laughs> A lot of his stuff is like implied. He's like, oh, no, I can't say anything normative, but I can say that shit's not equal. Mm. And I'm over here like, eat the rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to eat the rich. Oh, we were talking about yeah. Musk being an absolute clown. <sighs> People need to stop looking up to Elon Musk. He's a capitalist imperialist pig from South Africa, and he needs to die. Like, yeah. So <laughs> okay, that sounds really bad, but <laughs> I, pr- I promise it's warranted. Yeah, and you want to explain, yeah, w- like why you thought that? Openly pro-U.S. imperialism. Someone was talking about like um, countries that he exploits on Twitter. And um, they were like, the only reason you're able to use their slave labor is because of, like, U.S. imperialist coups 
that the CIA and other you know soldiers commit in these these other countries. That's the only reason, and you need to own up to that. And his response, his response tells me all I need to know. Like I know who I'm coming for with the guillotine yeah, first. Right. He said, "We'll coup whoever we want." To be so arrogantly proud yeah. of your like imperialist tendencies is yeah. kind of disgusting. Do you think? I'm just gonna ask for the sake of prying and shit. Do you think that he's joking? It's kind of hard to tell with that guy because he, yeah. this is the same guy who threw a big fit about masks and vaccines and then after lockdowns went to Texas just so he could use workers without having to worry about like lockdowns and stuff. So he yeah, literally right. loves exploiting people for work. Yeah. And yeah. E- whether you're conservative or liberal or leftist or right wing, um, if you're in Texas and you're working for Elon Musk, he's exploding. He's exploiting you. You're in the proletariat. And yeah. even if you're conservative, it's okay. I'll wait for you to join the workers <laughs> revolution. Yeah. I got your back, but don't worry. Yeah. And I, I think it's like super ironic that he like built his whole brand on, uh, what do you call this? Like energy conservation or whatever. And then he recently opened up two large factories, I think in Australia Sounds and somewhere that. else where they're using like a whole bunch of like fossil fuels and blah, blah, blah. I just know that, though, because, like, I have a Tesla stock. Well, Mo just sell- <laughs> sold my Tesla stock. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was, like, hella going down. And I think it's because of, like, all of the shenanigans he's been doing the past however long. Yeah. I remember the day I found out that Bolivia, I think it was Bolivia. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it was Bolivia where um, slave labor in Bolivia for mining is where he was getting, mm-hmm. I think it was the lithium that he needs for, like, Tesla. The batteries or and something. And one day, Bolivia said, man, fuck you. <laughs> and Tesla's, Royally. they just stopped. They just said, you know yeah. what? No, we're not doing that. And then his stock actually dipped a little. It wasn't a lot, because a lot, there's a lot of other <laughs> moving yeah. parts in the making of his stock, right? Right, right, right. But right, uh, right. it dipped, because Bolivia straight up said, no, stop. This ain't happening we're done yeah I ha- there's a term that you made that i really really enjoy and i think it got like some track a little bit of traction on twitter the stock roach <laughs> i didn't make that but i'm you didn't no. oh, okay so i'm sorry was whoever made it thank you good old marxists on twitter good old communist twitter um 11 out of 10 would recommend someone was like <laughs> hey we need it we need a, we need a new term for um like Oh, what was? Oh, it was for the hedge fund guys because this is like yeah. maybe. They have more tea, please. Oh yeah, no problem. This is like during or after, right, right after the uh, GameStop thing happened. Yeah. And um, so what happened was they were like, we need a term for like evil hedge fund dudes that we're Thank battling you. against. We need a derogatory slur to call them. And so there was like a lot there was probably like five to ten different options that people were like responding to this tweet with and like three people were like yo stockroach whoever said that is amazing so i I retweeted that one because i was (laughs) like stockroach is pretty cool yeah that shit's lit but yeah i don't want to take credit for it but i don't remember who actually tweeted it first so Mm -hmm. you know who you are i love you oh he got a kiss or she they they'll get another one too you know what i just realized right now okay so uh, since we don't have video yet and we are planning to eventually uh people can't see that 
you're actually like serving me tea in like a teacup and we have like saucers and stuff. Also, I so, look fucking good right now. I know. I look <laughs> fucking good too. And I'm just like, bro, like we don't have any. It's okay. You know what? We just don't have enough space, like memory and like we'll take a, a card. We'll take a picture. Yeah. We it. should probably get like a larger SD card or something. But anyway, so exactly. so Ray has this like fabulous um, tea set. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Are you meditating? No. And it's green and um it's like this print is like green and teal and the cups like pretty much match it. And I just had this like visual in my head that we are literally like the Mad Hatter and from Alice in Wonderland and like the people that have like tea together. I forget what the other char- the little characters are, but Yeah, it's like the Mad Hatter and then that like rabbit, but I can't remember the rabbit's name. There was not not the rabbit with the uh the clocks. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, not that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy who's He's always annoying. chilling with Yeah, but the guy who's always chilling with uh Mad Hatter. Yeah, he looks like drunk all the time. Well, I'm pretty sure that ain't tea they're drinking. Every, <laughs> yeah. Everything you eat in Wonderland right. doesn't, makes you trip harder. Right. Eat this. It'll make you big. Oh, okay. Yeah. It doesn't make you small. Oh. I just realized that we can just like reuse our outfits. True. Because I might, I mean, I got a BT Bam shirt on right now for um, the song Informal Gluttony. I got it when I ordered my uh, Colors record. Yeah. Because they remastered it and re released it. And I love this shirt. Who did you say we look like? Uh, okay, so you have this like magenta blazer, and I have like a teal large shirt yes. on right now. Yes. And I said we looked like Team Rocket. Yes, we do. Here comes trouble, and make it double. <laughs> it's such a stupid shit. Yeah. But um, oh, I was gonna say something. Oh, back to the philosophy thing. Oh no, <laughs> back to a random thing. Well, I was gonna say something, but I don't remember what I was gonna say. So I guess it doesn't matter. Oh no. Recharge your brain. Go now. Caffeine. I'll get me. Some oh, more the tea. caffeine. <laughs> Let me get more tea. <laughs> I was just thinking a, a small break for your brain to reboot. Yeah, start meditating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just realign. Right. Did it come back to you or? No. It didn't. <laughs> My oh, brain is fuck. breaking right now, unfortunately. Yeah. That's okay. Okay, so um, should we get into the heavy shit or should we just talk about that later and just like <laughs> kind of like stall it? Let's and just bullshit. dive right into the heavy shit. And Let's I'm just sure do it. We'll end up laughing away the pain anyway. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So um, yeah. Because I really want to get in my hero academia being the catharsis Naruto couldn't give us. You know what I mean? That was kind of like the point that I was trying to get into later. Or earlier. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But we can definitely save that for later because that's just. Yeah, Something. we can compare anime right after we talk about hate crimes and say, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then we also might touch on some existentialism today, too. I feel like that's like an always for us, you know? Honestly, we're both existentialists, so yeah. yeah probably kind of bleeds into every decision I ever make, ever. Yeah, I literally was talking to someone about that yesterday who was, um, who just got into reading Ellen Watts. Ellen Watts? I don't know why that name sounds familiar, but I can't like no thoughts head empty he's we can we can like maybe like research together about him later but he has like some good stuff to say about like the marrying of philosophy and aesthetics and oh okay in a not like corny and the typical things that have been like already said it's almost as if like how do we live in this world where uh or make sense of the things that we consider artistic he has like an artistic view of like existence basically if that makes sense hey so does Nietzsche fuck yeah 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 <laughs> I was, me go, I was literally bitch again 
He has you on like a like a neck leash. And just, yes. Like a choker with a. Yeah. Earlier know. we were saying he should fear me, and now we're saying that I'm his dog. But yeah. But that's why he should fear me. So yeah. Bork. Yeah. Okay, yeah you on. can you can be like a switch, with him only. You know. Wink. <laughs> um. Yeah. So what are you saying? Oh yeah, I was I was gonna say that like Nietzsche is i was gonna say earlier that he's an artist equally as like a philosopher only because like he doesn't have like normative prescriptions of you know what i mean yeah i feel like the closest thing to normative he gets is like hey we shouldn't do philosophy the way it's normally done because people can't transcend past their own prejudice and then also like he had like the first everyone's like oh he's edgy like i talked about this last time they're always like he's such <laughs> an edgelord nihilist yeah and the first yeah. at book it's length really thing he ever published was a book on aesthetics mm-hmm. and it's actually a way of not only viewing art but viewing life mm. which i think is kind of weird and interesting i don't agree with his <laughs> aesthetics necessarily but that's okay giving people answers to how they should live their life is weird i just my biggest beef with aesthetics is the fact that the monetary associations attached to them are an elitist form of regimentation. They say art is good because we have prescribed monetary value to what is good and we rank it like that. And yeah. I'm like, man, no, fuck off. A piece of art, in my opinion, is something that like is manifested by an artist in order to create a particular emotive reaction in the audience mm-hmm. oh i see what you're saying well yeah. okay so because i didn't sorry did i cut you off no no i didn't um i guess i didn't <laughs> nice smile um i just i guess i just, just didn't think about the the elitist aspect of it but it also makes sense why you like you know that's where your mind goes because you have that um i feel like your position is always like where where are we being oppressed and like what yeah, right in like, my area. I go to an like, art museum and right. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I'm right. like I'm like some of these things are like they they're they're seemingly pointless. Right, yeah. In a way, and they're worth like millions and I'm like, how? Like right, especially right. like no offense, but like modern art and stuff a lot of the time. I'm like, listen, it's cool and it um yeah. and it, it does good at eliciting particular emotive reactions and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. But some of it i'm like okay what reaction am i supposed to get from this it's almost as if it's targeted for people that are already in the snobbish art world to go ah this is a statement because it's like the antithesis of classic art because it's so backwards ass it has value and then they value it monetarily at the same rate and i'm like what are you guys doing yeah i think films are probably one of the most like paragon forms of art Mm -hmm. because the way that they just suck you in for those emotive reactions assuming you don't have add but like (laughs) it's like it's like if you have add you probably get sucked into everything (laughs) yeah because the thing about a film you got the score that's one layer you got the uh the visuals like both the lighting cinematography the editing all of that yeah then you have the actual drama that's going on yeah oh my god and then like oh then you got the timing aspect 
Like, yeah. with Tarantino and his non-linear formats. Right. Those are trippy, but they keep you sucked in. Yeah. So, I agree yeah. with you on the on the film aspect of things. I don't know how we got to film, but that's what we do. Well, yeah, I mean, we got to, like, <laughs> aesthetic, right? We got to, like, aesthetics. Well, okay, so I agree with you completely with, like, everything that you said, you know? My only... Yeah, my... I don't disagree with you on anything. Okay. The the only thing that um about going back to the point about like elite elitism and stuff. Yes. So I don't like the elite like the elitist shit that you're talking about. Yes. I uh but I do think though that there has to be like taste involved when it comes to art because mm. like mm. and and that's the bone that I don't have to pick with aesthetics. Do you know what I mean? Right. Is that like there's there's definitely good art there's like excellent art and then there's like bad art like that's that's like terrible like tears to put them in do you know what i mean right but like like for example um the way i approach that yeah is to what degree it accomplishes eliciting the particular reaction right so i'm just gonna give you an example right i did an art show once okay so i've been like um i've been i've been an artist since i was like I still Young. haven't seen your paintings though. I really want to see some. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I can show you my Instagram in a little bit. But hey. um, I have um, I've been I've been basically doing art since I was like young, like sixth grade, doing animation classes, and like drawing, and you know, my parents putting me in different programs, and mm-hmm. I've been painting and sh- and a whole bunch of shit, right? Also writing. But anyways, so you know, so if you can imagine, like, um, I did an art show in 2018. I'm not going to say what company it's under because I don't want to like bash them too much. I think it's like 2017. Uh. But I felt like that um, company like basically allowed anyone to be a part of their art show. So oh, so okay, when okay, I gotcha. yeah, so when I went to the art show, it's like, you know, as an artist, well, me in particular, like if I go to do an art show, like I want to be with people that I consider my peers, like people that are like just as good as me, if that makes sense, because yeah. it's like the display of. I feel like the show in and of itself is like one art piece. So like, I'm just like a contributor. Right. But the vibe that I got from the art show that I participated in was that like each artist thought they were the shit and then, um, but their art sucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I'm not saying that to be like, to be a, to like be a bitch or anything, but it was literally like, um, paintings of like, the backwoods logo with like a different colorway than the original backwoods and it would be considered like that was their art piece or like you had and i had like like um like realism oh like full on like landscapes and shit um like flowers i I made like a i I made like a collage of um the critiquing uh what do you call this uh, capitalism with See, like that's what's up yeah right so (laughs) yeah so it's basically like things that are like I mean, this probably does sound kind of elitist, but like it, my art was like made with my skills that I've learned with over like 20 plus years of of honing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, I felt like, you know, the other artists that were with me, like they made very, you know, in the concept of aesthetics, uh, it's called like kitsch. Yeah. OK. Right. So I'm I think vaguely we tra- familiar with kitsch. Right? Yeah, it's it's here. I can actually like look kitsch up. Kitsch is like short, tacky very quick response things right yeah right exactly so um here i want to actually give the actual definition kitsch art objects or design considered to be in poor taste because of excessive garishness or sentimentality but sometimes appreciated in an ironic or knowing way so uh so that would kind of be like like huh that's a trippy yeah so that's kind of like you know like knickknacks 
you know, like like paint like paintings of kittens. No, literally it says here knickknacks, little glass and like gilt ornaments and stuff. Like Christmas decorations, you know, like paintings of Christmas, like Yeah, I I know someone in there. Could we go knickknack? Snick snack. So (laughs) so as soon as you said that then my brain was just like knickknack. Snick snack. (laughs) He probably really loves you for that one. Hopefully. Yeah, so so yeah, so so to me, well, yeah. So uh, being a part of that art show made me a li- like feel a little bit more like picky about who mm-hmm. I decide to do these like art shows with and if oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then so it, it's it's kind of like in that concept, you know what I mean, that it's like there's like how much can a backwards picture emote do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like I feel like the thing about that is it's like, okay, there's a targeted audience. When right. you view that, right. then you know exactly who your audience is going to be. You're exactly. not going to have Banksy coming in saying, ah, yes, this is it. Congratulations. Right. right. But you will have a lot of people probably depending on where the art show was. Who yeah. show up and they're like, hey, hey, I like what you did there. That's trippy. You reimagined something fun. And I know what that logo is. <laughs> and then yeah. They walk around and look at other pieces of art. You know what I mean? So I feel like that particular audience probably accomplished great. So I feel like the art was great in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But that audience itself is very small. And the message small. being delivered is virtually non-existent it's just a reimagination of something right. without any like um particular thematic messaging right right whereas right, you exactly, yeah. have a critique of capitalism built into like a collage right and now that's now that's like the layers and shit right yeah. so you got like <laughs> the emotive reaction to the piece right. and then you have like uh as you dissect it you have the the layers of who it's critiquing and how and we have all these things right and that stuff like that is crazy i'm like yeah no that's it yeah so the audience for yours hopefully is much wider and also much more serious because of the political yeah. messaging of your your piece right and 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 there's also <laughs> this concept uh in aesthetics right of the sublime oh yeah and i think we kind of talked about that before and that's where i feel like all of these terms kind of answer the the problem that like that art poses let me see if i can find the definition for sublime of such excellence grandeur or beauty as to inspire great admiration or awe right but i feel like that don't that's not it <laughs> yeah but it's I think like you and i both um, know that's not how sublime is treated in philosophical aesthetics right right exactly so here maybe i can be more like philo- yeah. like let me try philosophy. something for the uh for the audience and let me try and say something like if you ever go like grand canyon or you go like hiking or something or you do this or that right and you're like overlooking like for me my first serious sublime experience was in death valley at dante's view which Mm -hmm, is about 5500 feet up Uh overlooking um badwater basin the lowest inland point Mm -hmm. in land and you can see the whole valley basically so that's uh you're at 5500 feet up below you is um negative 284 feet i believe and then across from you on the other side of the valley is telescope peak which is like twelve thousand feet up and it's so vast you both are like in awe of like the beauty of it right but you also feel so small and trivial yeah and it's almost like i think kant uh, describes it as almost like a fear that's enjoyed 
that is how sublime is supposed to be treated. Yeah. Which is why when you read that definition from Google right now, I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the awe needs to be emphasized a little more because some philosophers right. take it to almost like a fear. Because yeah. you just feel so small if you, when you're in a sublime experience. So there's there's one here that, I mean, <laughs> there's three definitions. Oh, boy. Um, one of them is that it's the quality of greatness, whether physical, moral, intellectual, metaphysical, aesthetic, spiritual, or artistic. And uh, it refers to a greatness beyond all p uh, possibility of calculation. Yeah, right? So that one go. sounds more accurate. There we go. Right. What, here, for STEM nerds that might be listening. Like physicists, aspiring physicists, y you're right. you think about the yeah. vastness of the universe and how yeah. small you are. Yeah, um, Edmund Burke says that it is the uh, an artistic effect productive of the strongest emotion the mind is capable of feeling. But I also want to argue that the sublime has, it's, it's, I can, I can define what it is by what it's not right like and it was like sometimes yeah especially when that, something yeah. is ineffable right especially when there's oh, like oh yeah yeah so you know i want to argue that sublimeness is absolutely ineffable right we know the feeling but we can't like put words or exact like pinpoint you know what it is what if i just say what ineffability is real quick yeah sure go ahead that might actually be super helpful in the philosophy of language when a concept is ineffable it means that it is impossible of being talked about like in words and yeah stuff. Uh, -huh. uh so like if consciousness were ineffable then we don't we don't have the words we couldn't access the knowledge to even put it mm -hmm. into words you can't discuss it right, right. that's what an ineffability is there's the, that fun paradox though where like if i say like consciousness is ineffable well then what is consciousness as a word in that sentence referring to if it is supposed to be treated as a referent if it's right. referring to something that's right. ineffable then it is no longer ineffable but if that's all I can say, then is it ineffable? So, but we don't need to get into all that. Right. Shit. It, yeah. It basically just means that you can't say it into words. You can't explain shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying so, uh, sublime so should be ineffable. Like a sublime it is. Okay. That my, exp my, my uh, argument is that uh, sublime, the sublime is like, in is ineffable. Like, that does make sense. Right. Like we're able to identify that we're experiencing it, but like in and of itself, like experiencing what it feels like. It's not, it's not like, oh, I stubbed my my toe on you know the table i can be like that shit fucking hurts do you know what i mean but yes. like uh and we can like pinpoint where it hurts but like when we experience the sublime we can't like pinpoint how we know we just know if that makes sense right so yeah for example um i my argument on top of that or adjacent or whatever is that experiencing different kinds of art like what do you call that it um procures different kinds of feelings Oh, right yeah. but it's not always going to be the sublime right so mm -hmm. i so a counter argument that i can think of that someone would argue with me is that like well you know the 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 art piece that's like the toilet you know what i'm talking about the one that's like have you had aesthetics with no Letty? i've never taken an aesthetics class but it's i one think of our professors at San Jose state yeah, yeah but amazing yeah so <laughs> yeah thomas letty pioneered an entire school of thought and he aesthetics, did. by the way right 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 yeah <laughs> and he he's one of our professors I, and i took like two of his aesthetics classes so the toilet um, one i think i know what you're talking about yeah it's just like, it's like a urinal right it's just yeah it's a urinal yeah, and okay. it's it was just put on display and it was like ironic in a sense right but so it was like put on display for like you know it's there's like a message basically saying that like art is like taken so seriously that it's like kind of dumb right yeah so some people can look at that piece of art um and be like experiencing this the sublime because of it because 
this person who does this art has like other art that's like super deeper if that makes sense yeah so i guess like yeah. if you're already in a position of understanding the artist right as an artist, right right then when they when they do stuff like this is a urinal it is art as right. a slap in the face of how art is treated right you understand it but if you're an outsider you're like fuck it's a urinal right so, <laughs> so I there's like a yeah. targeted audience in a way so without like having my point getting lost like so for example like for people that want to argue that you know art of anime you experience the sublime right like let's say you see like a piece of art this people can people can argue that perhaps like watching a cartoon or you know what i mean you can experience Spirited away always gives me a sublime experience actually. well i don't know why but it that's because i didn't grow up with it it's not right. nostalgia i recognize it as sublime but. right well okay so maybe okay let's make an argument about that right okay. how about like a filler episode of naruto right we're looking at like or something we're looking at naruto <laughs> i can't believe i'm using anime as an example for the sublime but like <laughs> it can be argued right that like you look at a cartoon you um you experience joy that might be equal to the sublime i'm not trying to tell you like what you feel is not the sublime you know what i mean all i'm saying is that like we have to just be able to distinguish that level of euphoria like Mm. separate from the sublime the the euphoria that you get from happiness from like watching naruto is not going to be the same in my opinion yeah, at that least. is joy that is happiness. right exactly not it's not going to be the same thing as like you're watching spirited away right and my argument for that is because spirited away has like you know the watercolor elements you know it has like it has a way more complex like artistic structure to it and the way that you know the story is said in like a folk folk tale kind of you know what i mean in like a yeah, like um, when i hear the the name of life the theme yeah on piano right my eyes water and i feel happy like <laughs> i don't know I why mean, every time i hear yeah, the piano, so it's, like yeah like you're kind of like elevated to this other like spiritual experience you know it's yes. n- i mean it's not going to be the same like i said it, like in a filler naruto episode or something and i guess like that's the only way that i'm able to get as close to like philosophically explaining these like you know th- these like aesthetic kind of things to people because you know like there because i'm part of the art community that there's Mm -hmm. so many arguments regarding like what is art and what's not and like i i don't know if i I don't know if this opinion is like strange or something but it's like we all art is not art all art that is considered art is not art you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i feel you i mean my definition is trippy because when i say that you are doing something to elicit a particular like um like emotion in mm-hmm. the audience right then like i was talking uh, to some colleagues that we both know about this <laughs> actually because my definition <laughs> means that sexuality is artistic <coughs> nice that was so perfectly timed <laughs> i'm already like sexuality is artistic <laughs> i held it in nice to let it out at that moment <laughs> targeted burping it's like scripted farts in the lighthouse but um, I don't know if I want to get that comfortable. Scripted farts? Yeah. I'm no. Th- there's a movie with scripted farts. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I was saying okay. the lighthouse has scripted farts. Willem Dafoe had to fart at certain okay. times. No, no, no. I, I get that it was from somewhere, oh, but okay. I thought um, I thought you were <laughs> suggesting know. that we should like do that. No. In the future is gonna say no. 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 I've never even like farted in front of Mo. Like me and Mo have never yeah. farted in front of each other. Interesting. That's probably so. something we can deep dive into later. I don't know what it means, but I just think it's... I maybe think we're sensitive to smells, both of us One are. of the most fascinating things in art to me is the um, the way power can be um, conceived in 
are like the aesthetics of politics and the aesthetics mm-hmm. of like fascism are like in the same because like when you see the big red background with the white swastika in the middle you're just like <sighs> like even like especially like especially so if you suffer from like generational trauma or like if you're if you were within a community that is directly affected by that yeah. but the amazing thing about like that as a piece of art is its ability no matter who you are to just instill fear like you see it and yeah. you're immediately uncomfortable like right. cuz you know exactly what it means so like i think it's insanely cool to like dissect and look at and analyze but i don't support it i'm not like yeah right. i'm going to get that tattooed <laughs> but, right right but it's like it's super trippy or like um in the boys homelander um, there, w- I was reading an article about. We're always talking about Homelander. Yo, like Homelander's so insane. Yeah, yeah, right. No, but sh- that shit's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. These, these uh, the the costume designers were in an interview, and they they were literally like, "Yeah, we were asked to make the uh, costume fascist. So what we did is we incorporated fascist aesthetics. So when you look at him, um, <laughs> he looks like Superman." He looks like Superman, but when you look at, like, his chest piece, it's, like, buttoned over to the side, super organized, like a suit almost. Oh. And then you look at his cape, and it's an American flag. And then you look at his shoulder pieces and, like, his, uh, I think it's, like, his kneecaps or his boots, and they're all eagle heads. He looks blonde hair, blue eyes. Oh, not even to mention the actor being blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. Exactly. But, With uh, no lips. He is critically missing lips, yes. But... Yeah. I but I love that because they make him about how people look. I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm blessed with lips, so it's like you know what I mean. Anyways, go ahead. (laughs) Blessed with lips must be nice, but like uh, (laughs) my brother when he eats spicy stuff, he likes to go ah, I'm cursed with Caucasian tongue. I cannot handle this. (laughs) I just thought I'd bring that up, but uh, I just thought that it was insane because like like the way that I aesthetically analyze the p- like the political aesthetics of like, yeah. like like Nazism and like other things like it's the same thing going on with Homelander like with the eagles and the American flag mm-hmm. and stuff and it's it's crazy like isn't I can't remember in the show but it's like they they had a lot of beef on whether or not to call them super um villains or super terrorists yeah can I also oh okay sorry no that's it can <laughs> I also share something um an image that that uh instills fear in me sure. when, it com- when it comes to th- i that can't regard. tell if you're about a shit post or not <laughs> i can't tell if you're about I to say something either. like hello kitty or if you're about no. to say something that's like actually like scary no i mean it's scary to me but it could like definitely not be scary to you but like like a middle-aged like round asian dude with like his hands behind his back because I have that image of, like, every single dictator in Asia <laughs> trying really hard not to laugh and shit. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was, like, like, uh, like the guys I see at the park. Like, the dudes just walking around with their hands behind their back. You don't know what kind of shit they've been into, bro. And then you said that, like, that next thing. And then I was like, oh, okay. I mean, look at all of them and put them all side by side. I dare you. But also put all the, like, Asian billionaires right next to each other. Do they all have that walk? They all have that look. It's they the all, strut. It's it's the strut with the round belly, with the hands behind the back, and looking like that. You know what? You know, they remind me of um, not for like, what do you, what's that name? That guy's name from Star Wars. There's a lot of guys in. Star I know, Wars. but like bad Jabba guy the Hutt? or good guy? Jabba the Hutt, Is the big what? slug. 
Yeah, but I mean, I feel like he's he not. I'm not. You know, I'm not like image shaming these like people. I'm just saying that like I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure like I need to do like a little bit more research. But I feel like they, he's he's definitely like a caricature of fucking all these like fucked up Asian dudes. Wouldn't be like, leaders because back home, George yeah. Lucas is. Well, he was stuttering. He was studi- studying anthropology, and he yeah. does use a lot of like the foreign alien languages are based off of like Filipino and yeah, they're based yeah, off I of know. things that are just like not European and shit. So he's probably oh, I will say I love Carl Sagan for the, the physicist for going on uh, what was it Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, what'd you think of that new movie, Star Wars? Everyone's, in, like, mad over heels for it. And he's like, it was okay. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Everyone loves Star Wars because this is, like, right when it came out. And he's like, he was like, okay, if you really want to do this, Johnny, if you really want to go yeah. down this rabbit hole, first of all, galaxy far, far away. Why the fuck is everyone so white? And I was like, yo, thank you. Yeah. And he was right. like, secondly, they talk about parsecs incorrectly. That's not how a parsec works. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he, he's got to go deep into like yeah, the real physics shit because like han solo was like i made the what is it i made the castle run in under something parsecs and yeah and then carl Sagan goes that's like me saying <laughs> i drove to la in a 25 miles an hour and i was like what <laughs> he's <laughs> like you can't just talk about like time like that and i was like okay but yeah he went he went in it's on youtube it's a right. nice oh, interview because really? tight this is the guy who did like the first cosmos you know and mm-hmm. he's on there everyone's like carl sagan's gonna love star wars probably because he did cosmos and yada, yada, yada. oh yeah and but he's out nah. here just like no it was like very like physics wise inaccurate oh yeah they dropped bombs in space and like the <laughs> right. one that came out like a couple of years ago someone tried <laughs> right, to tell me that they're magnetic and i'm like oh they just don't stick to any of the shit that's dropping them they just right. <laughs> yeah, Okay. okay guys okay. yeah but you know what i mean i still enjoy i love rogue i've seen it like five oh rogue times. one yeah i've seen rogue That's like a good one yeah i've seen it like five times in theaters on accident but <laughs> i like it I like yeah rogue one like is done very well it covers some plot holes and the end darth vader scene is probably my favorite thing yeah like i'm saying like like you know aesthetics of like uh depravity or like insane mm. and so like everyone's stuck in that the dark hallway and you just <laughs> and he's just coming <laughs> in and then the only lighting in the room is from his lightsaber that he's about to use to kill all of them and so <laughs> yeah. that is terrifying can i can i give you a task i suppose you want more tea no can you like entertain our folks for the next like minute so i can use a restroom i can try so we were gonna i feel like we spieled about aesthetics but we were supposed to talk about the deep shit well, it's okay because we started talking about the aesthetics of bad things and scary things, and we're go- we're about to talk about some some bad scary stuff. So, I just threw a mic and I in my mouth. Good for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! I wish I couldn't hear that. Oh, thank you for saving me. Uh, you better swallow that mic and I before You're you. Welcome. Oh, okay, there we go. I was like, she's opening her mouth. If I hear the f- again, I'm gonna fucking lose my mind. But uh. <laughs> Uh, um yeah i don't know if i talked about the symbolic boundaries of music and mars volta last time or not but one more aesthetics thing is there's a lot of snobs in Prague who are like oh yes Prague has to sound just like the mm-hmm. uh the european 
little rock opera shits we had in the 60s and 70s, like the okay. Canterbury scene and all that. And it has to sound just like uh. that. And then that Mars Volta, in the, thank you, Mars Volta in the 2000s shows up and they're like, no, we're going to take prog rock and psychedelic stuff and we're also going to take Latin jazz and we're also going to take post-hardcore, like post-punk stuff. And we're going to just mix it all together. And so a yeah. lot of snobs are like, no, it's not prog. It's like no, and then a lot of people that this master's thesis this guy wrote are called um, omnivorous. Uh, I'm gonna have to figure out that guy's name. So next podcast I'll plug him correctly. But it's a good thesis. <laughs> he got his MA for it. But um, the omnivorous listeners are like, no, 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 no. We like the salsa and the bachata playing. We like the fact that when the hard beat comes in later, you can also hear people on like Congos going ham. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we like this shit. And so uh, that represents the tension between them. It's like a dialectical. The tension between them is oh, um, cool. the symbolic boundary that Mars Volta is like poking a glory mm. hole into. <laughs> but yeah, because like, like the snobs are like, no, that is not allowed, which is ironic because Prague is supposed to be boundary pushing. Yeah. And so these snobs have like let it get to their heads that boundary pushing can only be done in a certain way. But then yeah. if that's the case, it's not really boundary pushing, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. But um, yeah. So aesthetics, bad stuff. And we're going to do some album review. Our top. What is it? We're just going to take something. favorite albums at this point. Yeah. Because we, we talked. There's no way we're going to be able to rank these. So we'll just start right. doing them. I might make a list of like 25 and then if that takes off, you know, at the end of us doing this 25 times, <laughs> if, you, if yeah. we're like, hey, there's other cool albums we can talk about. But, yeah, like yeah. a series of it or something yeah, that's going to be separate a, from the Art of Death podcast. We'll just make a playlist. Just yeah, a playlist right. Adding shit to it. Honestly, yeah. Mm -hmm. What, did you hear that? I cracked my finger using the mic and it like, oh, wow. traveled all the way up to the... Uh... Can you do it again? No, none of my fingers. None of my fingers are cracking. Hold on. No, never mind. I did okay. it once. <laughs> right. But uh, this week has been insane. Oh, we're going to get to the elephant in the room. <laughs> Do you want to knock that out of the way? We yeah, said let's knock it out of the way and then proceeded to procrastinate like a bitch and talk right. about aesthetics. I mean, yeah, let's just fucking do it. I need to face my feelings. Which okay. Do you want to start? Do you want me to open this up? Uh, can, can you lead this up. one? Is yeah, that no going to be okay? I yeah, just this. because I so feel like, yeah. Tuesday, I'm watching Smosh. Mm -hmm. I'm watching people make each other laugh. It's a hilarious. Yeah. I'll show it to you before you leave today. Mm -hmm. their, their newest try not to laugh video is hilarious. <laughs> okay. It's funny. Olivia Sway's in there. She's funny. And as soon it's it's like maybe twelve thirty or something. It's late yeah. into the evening, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna lay down. I'm gonna wind down. I need to chill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Coming down from the high, I need to go get in there. <laughs> and then I go on Twitter real quick, and the same person I just saw being so happy and like silly on screen. Olivia Sway had tweeted, uh, eight people just got slaughtered in Georgia working at spas, and I feel sick to my stomach. And I was like, okay. I started, I, I was tripping. I was like, what just, What did I miss? So I, I scrolled Twitter again, and I'm like, okay, I need to sleep. There's no way I can stay awake any longer. And then I go to bed and I wake up and it's all over the news. And I was like, okay, there's, that was definitely real. Yeah. I was, I was, and this is insane. And so, uh, that happened in Georgia. A guy bought a gun and then, uh, <laughs> I see you looking at me. 
<laughs> yeah, because I've never heard of her before, but Olivia Sway's cool. Yeah, she's really cute. Cool. She she has probably the the wackiest sense of humor out of all of them. Oh really? <laughs> on Smosh, but yeah, I'm a Shane Top stan, but like Olivia mm-hmm. Sway and Courtney Miller, and everyone else at Smosh. I love Smosh. Okay, I'll sh- I'll shut up now. But yeah, yeah Olivia Sway's <laughs> crazy. I need to watch more of them, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> There's a skit in there, and the guy's playing the piano with a fake hand thing that he stuck through his pants. So it was like his wiener hand. Mm. He's playing piano. And at the in a end, box like that. Yeah, kind of. Okay. And at the very end, Olivia Sway goes, I love when you play the minor D. And I was like, yes. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, I'm smirking right now and staring straight into the camera. But it's not there. <laughs> I was like, the camera that we took off the tripod. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the first news I heard about it was from her. And then I've been trying to keep up with the discourse as best that I can. The things that I immediately were pissed about, uh, maybe you check my Twitter, were um, I, f- I thought that the sex work discourse being brought up again was uh, racist due to the presupposition that Asian spa workers equal sex workers. Yeah. And then I also thought that sex worker discourse tends to be rather misogynistic because it's demeaning to women. So yeah. I tweeted about that, and then I for everything else I've been saying on Twitter, I've just been trying to keep my shit together. Uh, I was checking in on a lot of my my my, uh, my Asian American folks, my Asian folks, just mm-hmm. making sure everyone's okay. Just because, like, that's crazy. He bought it the same day. He bought his gun the same yeah. day, mm-hmm. and then I think like I don't I don't like cops in general, but I can only imagine what it must have been like to be the cop because like the way the story went down, like. They got a call in for a robbery in progress and he gets to the first place and it had already happened. And then while he's there and he's trying to set it up as a crime scene, like not even a minute of being there, they got a call in for another robbery in progress. So they rush over there just out of time again. And then they got a third call in. They said it's across the street. And he's like, what the fuck? So they they rush over there, but they couldn't catch him in time. uh, I think they got him like 150 miles away from where it all went down or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But um, that's like, that was insane. You yeah. can't, in Georgia, you cannot register to vote and vote on the same day, but you can buy a gun and do all of that on the same day. Yeah. That is crazy. So, I mean, that's just my sort of reactions to it later in the week there was or might have been or i don't know time is not real anymore but um there was that was it in new york or somewhere that that asian granny who got punched in the face and then the fucking attacker got taken away in a stretcher she did not hold back apparently i'm like that is the one semi-positive thing yeah that i've heard this week to make me feel any bit more sane but like um yeah that thing in georgia is fucking wild and i can only imagine speaking of things putting people in fear and power i can only imagine what that's doing but um yeah now that the white guy's done (laughs) now that the uh white slash chicano guy is done i guess (laughs) it might be time for um atlas 
the the Filipina to <laughs> 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 share her reactions. Although I don't know, are you comfortable talking about that today? Or yeah, for sure. Okay, um, I just want to make sure. Is it? I just kind of want to go back into what you just said. The Asian grandmother. Um, in New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was New York. It might not be. It was in a city. I thought it was New York. Spit on and punched in New York. Yeah. And the guy was taken away in a stretcher. Sheesh. Like, Good uh, for her. she was, um, she was yelling. Uh, I have no clue what she was saying because my languages are not very diverse. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, she I was yelling and stuff. Either, yeah. And then I, I, I saw a clip. They were getting ready to take the guy away in the stretcher and she was yelling at him. Yeah. And, stuff. and then this guy tweeted and uh, he said, as an Asian man, the first thing I saw when I saw this was my grandma screaming and crying and everyone not knowing what she's saying and walking by. And I was just like, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. The um, phenomenology of right. this is whack. And I I told Ray this earlier, just to let you guys know, but Ray is the only friend that checked up on me about this. And which means a lot. You know what I mean? I, um, but also a lot of my friends are Asian and I don't know if it's because, you know, d- different kinds of Asian, like, like, you know, Daisy American, Filipino American, Vietnamese American. And I don't know if they were kind of like, oh, I mean, my, my guess is that they're busy taking care of themselves. You know what I mean? And how they're affected by it. My cousin posted something yeah. about it and yeah. cause it's been really heavy for them. And yeah, go ahead. Ray. I was just gonna say, I checked in on a, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh-huh. and um, she had no clue what I was talking about. So I said a guy in Georgia got a gun and like went spa to spa, just like rampaging. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And what she <laughs> her said? response was, oh, well, if I get hate crime, will you read Immanuel Kant at my funeral? And I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love uh, her. Sure. I was like, go and just get up there, and start reading critique of pure reason oh man so then, I, like god to i cheer love her. her up i was just sending videos on snapchat of me reading a uh, critique of pure reason with like disney villain voice i was just, I was just like and then it appears that the a priori <laughs> intuition and i'm like i was just cracking her up so like that yeah. was the the weirdest response i got <laughs> i love how much of a realist she is she a g you know you she's know who a you motherfucking are. g yeah sure. exactly yeah we were playing dungeons and dragons last night and she's in the party and she's getting ready to leave to go out to dinner. Yeah. She had to leave early. And then um, <laughs> another mutual friend of ours, the guy who runs all the games, he was yeah. like, okay, you coming back later? Are we going to play like Jackbox or anything and stuff? <laughs> she comes, well, I'm going out to dinner at a bar. I just got my vaccine. So no. probably not. <laughs> yeah. At least <laughs> she's honest. You I know. know. And then I was she just like, like bullshit. well, <laughs> there goes your liver. Yeah, and and I love how she's like completely like the image of who she is is not who she is. If that makes sense, like I feel like first impression of her is that she's kind of like you know sporty stereotype with this person. Absolutely, she looks like a sporty cheerleader, but no, she's like super fucking intellectual and doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, (laughs) but like it's like super sweet at the same time, and I'm just like, how did she become this like? person that we love so much not how not saying that it's like fucking impossible but it's just like so dope you know what i mean oh yeah she's crazy but yeah so going back to the this shit <laughs> yes going back um to hate crime. yeah so when ray asked me at first my reaction was i am not thinking about it because i had a uh, a pop-up for my business i do nails 
if that isn't the most motherfucking stereotypically like Asian thing, you know what I mean? Like, damn, my nails are good though. You so said it, fuck not with me. me. I can though. I can say that. I can say this, guys. And I'm staring straight into the camera when I say this too. Um, when they see what you look like, it'll make sense. They'll be like, okay, yeah. she gets the pass. Yeah, and you you know what, too, is that uh, there's a lot of things I've been holding back about this because, and I'm just going to say, like, my honest sentiment. So, so Mo, my partner, he is black, and we all know this. He's also six foot four and black, six foot three. I did not know he was that tall. God damn. I thought you saw him on FaceTime. I was fucking hella tall. Yeah, but FaceTime is, like, the face. Oh, that's true. I can see him sitting there talking. He's like bent over sometimes. Like he has to bend down hella low to like say hi and shit. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just because you're like small and sitting down at a desk. He's bending over to see the camera. It's really because he's a fucking giant. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Please go on. I don't want to derail this too much. No, sure. Like if he walked in here, he'd probably have to like be super cautious about the ceiling fan (laughs) and stuff. Um, But yeah, so so he's, you know, he's someone that walks down the street and it's easy to be intimidated by him, maybe, you know, depending on who you are and what you how you view black people and tall black people. But yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm a realist as well. And to me, deep down inside, I feel like my problems are not as bad as not that they're not as bad, but I feel like we should focus more on like pragmatically what we should right now like you know um justice for black people and native american people or indigenous people and trans community you know like i and this is a narrative that i've been hearing like a lot with like other influencers too i actually stayed off of social media like that first day but like the second and third day like you know this is like an opinion that is also shared by like other asian people is that like yo we are very cognizant of the fact that like there are injustices happening to other people and asian women are granted this hmm? oh asian women are granted this like you know definitely privilege in certain spaces of being able to attain certain things like you know economically more than you know other people or races like and it's equated to that of white people you know so that's something I'm, i'm pretty conscious of right and probably one of the reasons why I've been able to be successful in academia, you know, despite the challenges that I've had, like, you know, so I'm also, even though I'm Filipino, I'm like East Asian passing because of my features. So basically like it's, it's, it can be like very easily, I can be very easily confused for someone like that isn't familiar with like different Asian people. Like I look Chinese basically, or I look like a more East Asian complexion. I'm a lot lighter, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, afforded other privileges because of that now going back to you know like all of those things surrounding those are like the the i guess like external factors surrounding like my opinion or my feelings and shit i mean i i really feel like i've i've put off a lot of my feelings because of those things do you know what i mean because of the pragmatic aspect in my opinion does it make sense yeah but your rage is valid yeah thank you yeah and feelings that you're putting off they are valid Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that still. So also my mom has been. OK, my mom has been afraid to like leave the house for like the past couple of months. You know what I mean? Like just to linger in public whenever I go out. My mom is just like, 
don't chill in your car and just be texting like just go straight in the house don't go anywhere without you know don't go anywhere after dark like don't do this don't do that what happened it's a stay on the move kind of thing yeah stay on the move like you know i mean it's it's one i i guess like there's so many layers to this right so already like in the bay area there like all the asian women i know like have an issue with like being stalked Mm -hmm. and it's my theory is because when we're trafficked, like we're we're desirable in like trafficking, not saying that like other races aren't, but for some reason, like Asian women are significantly like uh, desired in trafficking. Get it, but there's a huge fetish yeah. for Asian women. But yeah. yeah. So I haven't really like spoken about this too much, but there's been three attempted kidnappings on me and different. Ta- oh, I, I've talked to Ray about this, but not you guys. Um, three attempted kidnappings on me. And that doesn't include how many times that I've been stalked by people. Um, right, and the kidnap kid events. the kidnapping yeah. times has been like there was one incident my life story is fucking wild like one of the times um i was attempted to be kidnapped was because what not i don't know why but this person followed me like i hid out in like two other homes like one in my cousin's house and then one in my coworker's house and when i when i hid out in my cousin's house like that person still found me and asked for me by name at the door and i have no idea who they are and um and they they lost my trail when I hid out at my um, coworker's house for like two weeks or a week or something like that. So and I'm pretty sure this is somebody from Hayward because they were also seen stalking my friend at a different park. Right. So, yeah, they they're not Asian, though. Um, so just to clarify. But anyways, uh, regardless. Right. So um, I've also been, like I said, stalked hella times by different men. And with or without my family in public spaces or kind of like more private spaces, like there's just one time me and my family were at a restaurant and there's a drunk man that came in. At first, we thought he was just going to sit there to eat. You could tell he was like visibly really drunk. And then, you know, I'm with like like 10 other family members and then we're sitting at a large round table. You know, the ones with like the spinning, you know, Chinese restaurants with the like little spinning Lazy Susan. Susan Yeah, Yeah, in the middle. Yeah, Yeah, those are great. Yeah, I love those. And then so you can like this man is like staring at me the whole time that he since he came in the restaurant. So I told my family and shit. Then my dad was like, he's not he's I mean, don't like I hope nobody blames my dad for this. But my dad was like, he's not going to do nothing. You know what I mean? Like he's just you know, there's like so many of us like, what is he going to do? You know, and then that he was just trying to keep everyone calm. Maybe your dad was thinking like the other things right right might have just trying to keep getting, i don't know I'm right sure. right yeah. um but then so that guy um this is probably in like 2015 or 16 oh, okay. so this guy sat he sat at the table with me and my family like he he started coming like coming after like towards me like so i sat in a corner where it was hard to reach me and my family did that on purpose right yeah. and then this man started to like sit with my family try to get closer to me and then i i um I, we had to tell the waiters to get this guy out of here and he was like relentless like they told him that he needs to leave and a whole bunch of shit and he was like not budging dude like he was like he was like trying to come closer and this whole time my family's like starting to like you know buck up and do you know what i mean like get tense and you know and then so they called the cops and they ended up having to basically like we ended up having to like well we didn't like get up to leave or anything because we were like damn we want to (laughs) eat you know um but this guy ended up having to be like escorted out and put on like a gurney and and stuff because he was like so fucked up that like um he couldn't just stumbling everywhere stumbling and like resisting and like a whole bunch of like weird you know so get so just giving you guys this context as to like what my 
what violence looks like towards me and my identity and who I am like and my experience leading up to this point you know and this is not like a unique experience you know my cousin that my my cousins have had these experiences like my friends have had these experiences especially like Asian woman friends you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so leading up to this point with all of those like layered aspects of it like the 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 sexualizing of these women um the enemizing of these women and then eventually like murdering these women i mean it i feel like it encapsulates like the whole experience of of what it what it's like to be an asian woman in america do you know what i mean i mean like mm-hmm. more so specifically in in underprivileged areas because I'm pretty sure that those women would not be working at these massage parlors if they had money. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, when I first heard about it, like, you know, like I was numb. And like I told you, like, I just don't want to think about it. Like, I'm still kind of like, you know, healing from my grandpa passing away in December and like my other two uncles passing away last year. And like, you know, just like all the things that, you know, Filipinos have to I I think it's like, you know something Filipinos have to experience too. It's like a lot of trauma and tragedy, just like, you know, other minorities in America. Um, and I, I just needed to take time to not think about it, if that makes sense. But, but thinking more on it now that I'm finally like, like ready to open up or whatever, it's just, it's fucking tragic. Right. But also like, I wasn't surprised at all. And I, that's probably the more fucked up thing about it. Most and more fucked up thing is that I'm not surprised that it happened. But like Yeah. It's it's common enough. Like it makes sense that you're not as surprised, you know? I yeah, I'm really not. Like, yeah. Everyone's been saying, Hey, alarming rises in uh anti Asian hate. You know, right, like, right, hey, right. Al- alarming rises in uh th- this hate. Hey, we've been saying this for like a while. I, I mean, not to mention the years and years and years of like normalizing and ignoring like right. stalking and that type of violence and whatnot that you were just describing. Yeah. And so um, it's like, okay, well, of course this fucking happened. Like, right. And in like Asian American studies, like what, I don't know if you remember the conversation we had like a couple months ago when you were writing a paper, how, um, I was talking about the, uh, the history of like why Asian women became sexualized beings in America was because like post-World War II, like Hollywood made this like transition into, you know the sexualizing of asian women because that was kind of what america like wanted because mm-hmm. after the war like because of all the comfort women and all the um you know the the red light districts that the army people or you know spent so much time in and in asia like it transferred over into america but but anyways so i mean i was not surprised and also you know there's there's this like cultural thing with asian women that i feel like we have to be way more aggressive than usual like we're we're kind of like a little aggy <laughs> more than usual because of this the high amount of like stalking and sexualizing and we have to like kind of combat it with like well get the fuck away from you know kind of attitude you what's know? the opposite of uh like the biggest stereotype put on yeah. the sexualized asian women right it, right. It would be aggressive aggressivity because like, right. the, one of the biggest stereotypes is that they're submissive. That too. Yeah, so that too. It, it makes sense. But it's like almost like a survival technique or survival technique. Right. Exactly. It's 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 definitely that, you know. So one of the things that I I tell my mom for you know to comfort her when I leave, I'm like, you know, anybody that steps to me, I'm a fucking kill them. Nice. You know what I mean? 
and then my mom is just like okay good you know so yeah and i mean i know that like might sound funny to people but like saying that kind of makes me like a little emotional right now because like my me and my mom always say shit like that to each other you know i know that like to to those of you that like grew up in like a really comfortable house you know or real comfortable environment are you looking for tissue yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll use my jacket. Um, okay. for those of you that, you know, grew up in like a really comfortable kind of like way of and 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 healthy way of talking to your parents, that probably sounds like really fucking jarring, you know what I mean? But, you know, uh my my people in the Philippines, Kapampangans, like we're very kind of like fiery, you know, like real passionate, but we we're also um historically we come from like, you know, the warrior class of the Philippines. And so, you know, that kind of language is normal. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of more of a sense of like um like remind me, you know, I'm just thinking of this while we're talking, it's like remind me of your power to let you know, let me know that you're gonna be okay in a sense. And, you know, basically like kind of like clan ish, right? Protecting your own people, making sure that you guys are good. Um, it's not always it doesn't always mean literally kill you know make sure you go out there and like kill right. somebody right it doesn't literally mean that it's more of like a tell me that you have the power tell t- exactly tell me that you have the power to defend yourself so i'm not over here worrying about you when you're not with me type shit you know so it's that's been my closest level of comfort to each other like my mom is not no weak bitch either you know like my mom like she'd be she'd be fucking traveling to europe she almost got robbed by gypsies and she just she'll like push him away and tell him to get the fuck up off her and then she's your literally done shit so, like that. every time you talk about your mom i'm just like man your mom sounds like a badass she's a way cooler version of me <laughs> your mom sounds like someone who's in the deadly viper assassination squad <laughs> yeah yeah i mean my mom is like she's literally like way cooler than me like even the way that she walks it's like with a purpose like she has to go somewhere she's very like she like she walks like she could walk through a wall and it would, it, she would still get through you know what i mean Damn. yeah like and um and she's she's fucking hilarious and witty you know and like i'm, I'm really like um grateful to have her in a lot of senses um, even though sometimes I complain about her, but that's all moms, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, there's, there's definitely that in my house and my family, but I just honestly, like, I also don't know what to say, what hasn't been said before. You know, it's like, we know that this shit is dumb. We know, you know, if anything, something new that I learned is, I guess like Trump said something about the Kung flu the day before this happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, I'm I'm not entirely convinced that this dude did it out of his own volition and it was because he wanted to stop whatever was sexually enticing him or whatever the fuck people have been saying on the news or whatever. Um yeah. Well it got weird because the chief at the press briefing was like he has a sex addiction and he was having a bad day. And so everyone was like <sighs> everyone was God. like, Okay, first of all, sex addiction yeah. and murder are kind of different <laughs> yeah i'm second, tired yeah second having a bad day is a little bit of a bullshit now there was still a, there was still some people who are like okay maybe the chief was just very stressed and he like misspoke or something and yeah. then it came yeah. out that like days before the chief bought shirts uh i think it was the chief of police but he bought um shirts or a shirt from a store and it said covid19 imported from china so he literally bought a shirt that's like basically perpetuating the anti-Asian narrative yeah. and then proceeded to say, oh, the white guy was having a bad day. So now yeah. it's like now if you weren't sold, it's definitely sus at this point. Yeah. 
I'm gonna pause real quick. Okay. Fuck yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Continue. Oh, the chief of police buying oh, yeah, that COVID the ch- shirt. The chief of police guy. It said like COVID nineteen product imported from China or something like that. And I'm just like, man, 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 police are dumb. But yeah, like, oh. right. Not to mention all the the stuff I've been watching of um, police like abusing people and protesters and stuff all over the world. There's a there's a movement currently in the UK. What was the base of the movement? See, this week has been insane for me. I apologize mm-hmm. to people who know that I should know this, but there was um, there was a there was like a protest for something, and then a, uh, the cops like lashed out, and they're unarmed there, but um, there was like this there was this picture circulating around of this like young woman. Uh, she'd been thrown to the ground and she was being arrested mm-hmm. and the cop was like on top of her arresting her and it's like yeah everyone got pissed so like the next day they came out and protested again like twice as hard they were like oh you want to throw our women down to the ground and arrest us like that okay yeah so i've been watching a lot of that a lot of like videos of um you know good old nypd mm-hmm. <laughs> like um yeah pepper spraying people it, it, it's amazing when they're when they're like side by side and then one guy will grab onto somebody to pepper spray them so that they can't run away yeah even though they're supposed to be dispersing them they're actually just being terrorists and then when a civilian who cares about fellow citizens comes in to try and save this person from having their face like melted then the other cops step in and they say no 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 you can't do that this is police <laughs> business and then they yeah. like throw them away and i'm like what the heck pieces of shit i know uh people are like why are you so against cops and i'm like uh, have Thank you, you seen cops like <laughs> I, I, I i might be more trusting if they weren't so militarized and in such solidarity with one another yeah but oh well and then yeah i mean i often a lot of the narrative now is like we should have social workers instead of cops right to like handle a lot of issues yeah instead of putting a militarized force we could have people like de-escalate situations and stuff but at the same time that requires a like a critical analysis of social workers and this might sound like a hot take but it really shouldn't be because let's let's hear a lot of social workers what'll happen is like child abuse for example you call you report they show up roof over their head food in the kitchen have a nice day and they fucking leave and nothing happens and the kid gets abused and you get crazy shit that happens right Mm -hmm. so we need to have social workers be able to actually protect people they're starting that in oakland fuck yeah oakland's amazing (laughs) yeah they're like train there's like um training of social workers slash community members slash therapists to excuse me i'm like chewing yeah, Oakland tends to be really good at, well, every once in a while, <laughs> like um, basically saying, hey, cops, no, <laughs> we're going to yeah. do it a little differently. Mm-hmm. You got like obviously the, the DPP, the Black Panthers. Right. And then you have, um, I, I mean, aren't they like they've legitimately defunded their police department already, correct? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I should do more research about that, but right. I want to say yes. But I want to say I wanna yes say, too, but I can't remember. But I want to say not as much as the people would like them to be defunded. But they are. They do have that training that's supposed to be put on like the I believe the city council agenda. I'm not exactly sure if mm. 
um, if they talked about it yet, but it's, it's training for, it's specific training for crisis intervention for social workers and community members. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then last With night, no police at all. Last night I, I, I heard the wonderful news that they are, um, they're like, they're going through, apparently they're going, they're combing the Biden administration. This is Biden and Harris. Uh-huh. And they're like removing members that have used marijuana or something like that. Interesting. It's very interesting because Kamala Harris has not only bragged about um, locking up people, especially minority members, um, for minor drug offenses. Usually, right, not only right. does she brag about doing that as a lawyer, but she bragged about using marijuana. And yeah, so on the Breakfast Club, I've seen that. All kinds of people on communist Twitter <laughs> that are like, oh, my God, Biden is not the savior. Y'all need to chill right, are having right. a ball because we're just like, OK, Biden, let's do it. Let's do right. it. You got to get rid of Kamala. Let's do yeah. it. Let's see it. Let's see you do it, bitch. Yeah. So we're like ticking down the clock. Uh, oh, I did see this. Yeah. Uh, slight, speaking of Biden, slightly happier thing. I did see a meme and it was like, if God is real, why does <laughs> Biden smile like that? And I was like. <laughs> facts <laughs> the pictures of the zoomed in smiles of his that remind me of you guessed it homelander i'm like yeah it's absolutely funny. it's funny but yeah oh um to kind of like close out the asian conversation yeah. from i don't know what to call it asian conversations that was fucking <laughs> terrible uh it's our reactions to, to what happened this week right yeah thank you you're a lot better at this than me right now my brain is kind of just like this is like space balls where the guy's like i got the beeps the sweets yeah right like okay just uh yeah um so i need to say stop saying um because i've been editing them out and it's so fucking annoying editing them out is it editing out the ums it's just like so and then basically and you just keep jumping around because you're editing yeah, but they sound a little bit more cohesive since we don't have like music playing in the background or anything. Oh, okay. If that makes sense, it just sounds like a conversation. But yeah, so anyways, the most confused—not confusing, but the most like exhausting part about all this, uh, f- for me is that why do I even need to, s- need to say this? All of these like Asian people that are getting attacked are not all Chinese. Like I know the intention is like for Chinese people. You chug that really well. Uh, it's it's directed at the the china virus or whatever the the fucking kung flu or whatever but mm-hmm. you know all these attacks are not like y'all you are mean not racist white people can't tell the difference between different asian people yeah, yeah. no way not a racist white person <laughs> i'm not trying to say like <laughs> you guys didn't get the right one you know <laughs> but legit you know what i mean no that's that's dumb i was talking to some friends about this who are chinese um I think it was one. Basically, what I was just saying right now was basically out of their mouth because I think one yeah. of them was just like, "You mean hold on, <laughs> racist white people can't tell the difference between different Asian right. people?" Right. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." And she was like. I'm so shocked. Wow. How? Wow. How? And I was just like, oh, this is hilarious. She was just obviously shitposting, but it was the yeah. best kind of shitposting. Wow. 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 <laughs> we Good have job. issues. Okay, please continue, though. 
yeah so i mean i mean the, that's kind of basically it is like you you guys can't i mean not that they should be able to tell us apart so that they can know which one to fucking smack and hit and but it just goes to show how dumb it fucking, is if anything yeah it's yeah. it's so we're not fucking telling white dumb, supremacists to dude. educate themselves and <laughs> so that they can like i mean by all means if you do that i guess that's pretty cool but like we're not telling you to do it so you can target it better but at the same time, it's it just goes to show how dumb it is, how radically, absolutely yeah. dumb it is. Yeah, and something I didn't even talk about earlier that that I was supposed to is that I was with my cousin at Lake Merritt in Oakland, and we were sitting on the sidewalk with like lawn chairs uh, close to the street, but like facing the lake, and my cousin in particular like he looks very he has more spanish looking features like he has like a nose bridge <laughs> it's funny to say he has like a sharper nose bridge and you know he oh, can okay. wear glasses with no nose pads and they don't slide off and stuff like that I got and you. um he's a little bit more like tan like and basically he he looks more spanish you know what i mean and then yeah. i i obviously look more like have more the traditional asian features or whatever and we had our masks on and uh someone drove by and shot me in the ear with the nerf gun the heart the rubber bullet ones when you said in shot me in the ear my heart just like sank into my anus and then you said I mean, nerf I'm, gun and i was like oh. yeah but have you ever been shot with the rubber ones before the hard ones they kind of feel like they f they're like rubber bullets like oh what the fuck? do you know what i mean they're not they don't go as strong as like the police rubber bullets you know what i mean but it was but if you ever oh, shoot like a bb gun kind of a bb rubber, gun but with yeah and thing. they're like this they're like this big maybe like half, oh okay okay like uh maybe this a little bit smaller than like a ping pong ball right so if you can imagine like that shit hurts you know like you get sh i got shot in the ear and i couldn't like hear shit for like a minute or two and then i got like a headache after and and yeah, and then I look behind me to see who it was and I saw like a car drove past and I'm pretty sure it was just, it was like some fucking kids like, do you know what I mean? But I was also thinking like, why did they, like a part of me wants to be like, okay, it's not because I'm Asian, but it's like, why would they shoot me and not my cousin, you know? And it's like, all they could see was my eyes. And then it was also the a week or two after, like every time I would go to the grocery store, like old white ladies would just like look at me hella pissed when I would get in line and you know, when I'm walking around, like, you know, people are like avoiding me and shit. And I'm just like, okay, like, you know, I'm not, that to me is like way more tolerable than like getting physically getting like physically hurt and like shit. Shot with a ping pong ball. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I know it sounds like hella dumb to get shot by a Nerf gun, you know what I mean? But if you've ever, for people that have owned the rubber ones and to get shot by like in your, on your head or something, it's like, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. It's really not fun. So, you know, I've, um, I still haven't told my family about that one and I haven't really like talked about it because I just don't I don't want to scare people I'm one of those people that like when shit happens to me and I know like people care about me I'd rather just like keep it to myself unless we're it's like an intimate moment and I'm like okay like let me vent to you about this you know because like so much I guess like tra <laughs> cra crazy and tragic shit has happened in my life that I kind of feel like if yeah. I talk too much about it that I don't know I kind of don't want people to like make it an excuse as to having not like judging me or like i just don't want to be one of those girls that people come around and and they'd be like oh this this bitch are got some shit going on again you know what i mean like but it's like true it's not like, like you're asking for this 
no yeah that's true you know like and it's also like i don't use it as like a reason to bring me down or you know like not like deter me from my goals and shit unless it's like something really drastic like i got in a car accident and i literally can't you know what i mean physically do some stuff but you know you don't know what like people's people's perceptions are like you know I, i don't know if that makes sense like no it does like i want people to like judge me for like what i have to say and not the shit that i've been through you know what i mean right exactly uh-huh. unless i'm like super cool with you fair yeah yeah there was something i was gonna say earlier when you were mm-hmm. talking about what you and your mom say before you leave oh yeah sure yeah because uh-huh. yeah, uh there's a i don't remember the spanish lyrics but it's a part of a mars volta song and um the f- it's at the end of the first verse and in spanish he says um he says, and when you leave here today, always remember. That's the first line. And the second one. Uh, then he says, who here was most powerful? And I love that. And it reminded me a lot of what yeah. you were saying. That's awesome. Because, like, I can only imagine you saying, like, oh, yeah, someone fucks with me, I'll kill him. Don't worry. Yeah. And then it's, like, that same mentality. It's, like, when I leave here today, always remember who's the most powerful. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, uh. Yeah. But, yeah. Mars yeah. Volta sings a lot about, like. Like, I mean, the entire Francis the Mute storyline, because uh, I'll probably rant about this again when we start doing our album shit, but... Yeah, go ahead. It's so, like, Kill Bill-type feminist shit. It's so, like, like just don't fucking take shit. Like, okay, can, should I rant about it, or should we do that later? <laughs> it's totally up to you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help me at all. Okay, how about the main point? <laughs> okay. Does that help? No, fuck it, I'll just rant. Okay. So I know. <laughs> I, was like, uh, no, oh, I feel like that makes it rant? harder. I know, yeah. right? To just be like, just, just get to the main thing. Yeah, no, this is our podcast. There's so many ideas. I know. We that's can what both the fuck rant I'm about whatever the fuck we want. People that is listen. What I'm yeah. So let's go. Okay, <laughs> listen to me. No, but uh, okay. So, so they released this single, and it's a song called Francis the Mute. And there's like three sort of sections to it. It's almost like a sonata. So like in the yeah. first one, oof, fuck, this is hard. <laughs> this is a very emotional podcast day. So the f- so the, in the song, I mean, it's an emotional week. <laughs> exactly. That's why. <laughs> so the first part basically is it, it, it's about um, it's about attempted murder, and. Um, basically the the narrator the singer is saying that like one of the lines is i've become the apparition you predicted for my death and like so it's about like the the singer is physically being like murdered <laughs> or at least there is an attempt and then in the second verse it's very slow or second section it's very slow and so the singer talks about how it actually went down and so the story is that there's this person named Francis and that's the name mm-hmm. Francis the mute. Right. Mm-hmm. And Francis goes, uh, Francis was a prostitute and she hooks up with the wrong client. And this guy was in the clergy. And so, uh, this is like corrupt clergy stuff though. So they send a guy to like take care of her. The theory, cause this, the lyricist, uh, I, I, I don't know if uh, it's just Cedric Bixler Savala or if it's like, him and Omar Rodriguez Lopez together, but the way they write their lyrics is like so cryptic and poetic. Like they don't just explicitly say mm-hmm. what's happening usually. Yeah. So I think it was by like she was stabbed with an ice pick and then like hung upside down for seven days. Okay. And he leaves, but she survives and uh, she was pregnant and gives birth and gives up the baby. 
to like an orphanage and oh my god the 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 last section of the song the guy basically is repeating this never happened and it's like super crazy sus stuff they try to sweep it over uh, under the rug and it's like the the song is like a 13 minute song i know i keep watching the time see how long i've been talking <laughs> but um <laughs> no. then the francis the mute album comes out yeah oh no but then the francis the mute album comes out and that's where shit kicks into a whole different gear each of the five songs is sung from a different character's perspective. It's mm. only five songs long, arguably. And so, like, the first one is the kid all grown up. And it's a it's a gay dude named um, Visman Cygnus. Um, the second song is theoretically the perspective of his boyfriend. He's also a prostitute, by the way. But the mm. perspective of his boyfriend uh, watching him, like, feed into his drug addiction, which I think is, like, heroin in the in the story and um yeah it's super tragic and then i think the boyfriend like kicks a bucket the third song is about the um the other woman that survived from the clergy attacks Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and this uh, so so, okay so it's like kill bill kind of so like the main character uh visman cygnus is like tracking down the people to like fuck them up and find his mom and um So he finds this this woman and sh- she's like, yo, stop. They're going to kill you. Like, you need to chill. They're trying to kill me still. And it was like years ago. Mm-hmm. So she's like, stop. And then like, that's a crazy, she's changing her name. And, it, and that's, that's a whole crazy song. But Annette, yeah. um, Sounds Mr. Cygnus finds his grandma, the mom mm. of Francis. Oh. Uh, and this is like the big shit. So when, when he finds, um, the mom the this is this is a this is the song where he finds miranda and miranda apparently had been saying for years like they fucking did this shit to my daughter and no one listened and like the line is like used to the noose they obeyed and it's how everyone ignored her because no one wants to fucking go against these guys are you kidding yeah so everyone's in a state of fear ignoring her and then it all comes crashing down bear with me here the rant will end soon it all comes crashing no no down. i love it it's storytelling <laughs> it's like you know it's symbolic it's oh it's yeah very telling of of human like human life and exactly. humanity and mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love it Go there ahead. is a yeah. theory that visman sickness also has aids as well because of yeah. when the story takes place as well as the way that visman sickness tries to rush through everything in certain ways as if he's like watching the clock tick down but yeah but life is really like that right it's like tragic and it's it's there are stories to be told and lessons to be learned but yeah go ahead visman sickness reaches a significant conclusion yeah francis his mom is dead Mm -hmm. and so his whole thing has been finding his real mom and he finds out he's dead and then this is where i'm just like how the fuck do you write this the entire last song is 32 minutes long and i'm not making that up and it's called cassandra gemini and so out of visman sickness's like hate for men despite being a man and like all of these hatreds and stuff he forms dissociative personality disorder which is a form of split personality right right and oh uh, wow cassandra gemini is a woman that like takes over his body it's like a, a different personality and Cassandra Gemini says, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to kill everybody. And so that song is wild because it's basically just it, it 
it's described as Visman Cygnus kind of sitting back and just like experiencing all of this while Cassandra Gemini is like physically tracking these people and slaughtering them to say the least. So it's, it's insane. Um, that whole album is like a story in itself. I won't like digress on that, but, right. but um, Francis the mute, when I listen to it is like, that's why I say it's like that Kill Bill style feminist stuff. It's it's like that. It's like try me, bitch. I'll kill you. It's like yeah, because that entire story is like trauma and revenge wrapped into like this crazy psychedelic jazz metal fusion thing. Right, right, right. And it just and it goes pretty hard. It's it's fun, but like, I mean, they have other stuff throughout their like discography that can arguably like uh, also be like liberating and stuff but yeah. every time i listen to francis to mute I'm, I, I just always think the same thing i'm always just like god damn I'm just like fuck <laughs> i think i talked to you about right. this before and you're like he, i think you said something like yeah i definitely feel like we had allies before like it was normal for everyone to just come out as allies women meaning right yeah, yeah. definitely yeah because absolutely um, i mean because this came out pre this is 2007 f- i think or okay, 2005 pre the current feminist movement oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah Cause this is still early two thousands era, but um, oh, just thinking about Francis, like sometimes, like when I'm in emo- like when I'm emotional, I'll just think about Francis the Mute. Just because, mm-hmm. like, listening to the single, like the the sort of prequel song where the shit goes down, it's the way they have the music set up is there's a very like triumphant sounding thing for the first section. So, like in the first section, you know, it's like you know, it's um. Google, play it. No, just go. <laughs> so like, the, you know, there's all this stuff about like this happened and then this happened and yada, yada, yada. And then it ends with um, like a very matriarchal passage that almost makes me cry sometimes. Where mm, he what, said, is, what do they say? Um, he goes like, she said, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to actually sing it because like, yeah. she, he says like, she said, I'll never let them hurt you. I'll never let them in. What they took from me is mine and what is mine. I'll never give. And that's the last part of section one mm. before it details, well, poetically, cryptically, metaphorically details how the man came in to find her because he was sent and we yada, yada, yada. But, oh, my God, that first section is rough. Like the, mm. like the way it, it it's not so much that it's graphic or vivid, but it's the way that like it ends with that. I'll always protect you. I'll never let them in. Don't you worry. I'm just like, yeah. fuck right that's why when you say when you were saying like how you and your mom talk before you go out yeah everything in my emotional pea brain right now is just like francis the mute (laughs) oh man i could cry right now (laughs) honestly it's like it's like like, like, when i I listen to francis the mute like i can imagine what it's like to listen to it from like a perspective of you i mean it it might not be like your favorite genre but we'll see when we start (laughs) showing each other music yeah i can only imagine it from a perspective of someone who's like gone through shit like that yeah oh and like just to hammer away like the poetic part of it, the way Miranda, the grandma talks about mm-hmm. uh, how no one listened to her. They refer to it as singing. So the chorus is, and when Miranda sang, everyone looked away, used to the news, they obey. So it's all about, they, they keep talking about Miranda singing as if the grandmother's is like graceful delicate matriarchal figure like singing and whatnot but what they're really talking about is her out there saying like yo my daughter was like attempted to murder and i can't find her and like shit like that yeah 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 um yeah yeah 
I feel like while you were talking, there's there were like so many things that you know that wanted to add, like Peruge, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's there's so many layers to it, and there's so many right. like, relevant things that you could say about it. Like, go for yeah. it. Yeah, go and right in. <laughs> right. I guess like the first thing that I was thinking is that when you were talking about the disorder that developed after the trauma that mm-hmm. this person experienced, I forget their name. I'm sorry. Visman Cygnus. Yeah, Visman Cygnus. Thanks. Yeah. It's 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 such a real thing, right? To oh yeah to develop mental illness because of whatever trauma you experience and it's crazy because there's perhaps like a misconception that mental illness is like from birth and i mean perhaps it could be in some senses but there's such a spectrum that that people don't realize like develop from whatever tragedy happens right so with me in particular my add and my ocd gets like a lot worse right after some trauma so recently when I'm like I was just telling Ray like when I'm especially exhausted like my OCD goes into like overdrive and I really try to like not be so exhausted because it takes so much of my time when I am exhausted and then um because of my uncles and my grandpa passing away last year like my ADD is like almost as if my brain trying to stay occupied to not have to think about those things like I can't control it so much do you know what I mean um and it can definitely be seen in certain things like <laughs> fucking dumbass shit, maybe like smelling shit. I smell things like all the time, you know, uh-huh. like and um, especially when they smell good. Like anyways, like I sm- me. No, I'm just kidding. The, like <laughs> this sock over the microphone, like it just smells like laundry <laughs> oh, yeah, that I'm just like, but, yeah, <laughs> and they're fresh. So, you know, e- shit like that, leaving my keys outside of the door when I go inside, like forgetting my keys forgetting where i put my phone putting my like i I lost my phone like way too many times and um sometimes i find it in weird places like on top of the toaster or like inside of the cabinet yeah um yeah it's it's really weird <laughs> yeah mo laughs at me for like the toaster was an time. interesting one i'm trying not to laugh because we're talking about trauma <laughs> yeah, no. and like shit that we do but Please i'm like laugh. i'm like make me feel better you put, you put the phone on the toaster not while it's on, at least. At least you know, it's not in the toaster. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, oh, great. Crispy foam. Yeah. And um, freaking out when I thought I put something in one pocket, but it's actually in the other pocket and everything ends up being fine. It's like an anxiety. Kind of, yeah. Anxiety mm-hmm. together with ADD. I don't know, honestly. Like, And then I have a friend that has a, uh, a brother who's autistic. Like, autistic to the point where he cannot do you know function as a as a growing adult you oh know, yeah, yeah yeah type of is autism called, I think, isn't it called like low functioning or there's high yeah. functioning low function right yeah yeah and i've always had this like suspicion that me and my brother have some high functioning adult autism or maybe we've been had it since we were young but i told my friend who is like you know she's like her brother's caretaker and i was just like yeah these are like um, I, I researched about it and it's this, 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 and this, this article said that those five things are what identify me as having like adult autism. I'm not sure if we talked about this in the last podcast, but you know, ADD. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Um, so yeah. And, and she was just nodding her head the whole time I was like listing those things off. And she was like, yeah, you for sure. Like those are for sure. Like autistic, like signs or look at those. Yeah, and it, it's basically my thing is social cues. I'm not good with those. So that's that's one of them is not <laughs> yeah, understanding I know that social one's one cues. Of them. <laughs> yeah, and um and not being able to tell like people's intentions 
and not being able to distinguish like how people feel sometimes like it's basically like we mm. we constantly have to like what do you call that um receive feedback either verbally or something in order to for it to process yeah there's definitely more than that that we can talk about some other time that like which are very clear symptoms of adult autism but yeah like so yeah so that was a that was a cool point that you brought up because that's something that i've been like thinking about lately and then another one is uh well what is what is the other one that you brought up about oh the matriarchal aspect of it right of like this this woman Mm -hmm. like singing no one is paying attention to her basically Mm -hmm. and the reason why not that i'm thinking about it making it more a conscious thought why like i love my family's culture so much like you know i am filipino but i consider myself more kapampangan than anything like i identify with that like i don't really identify with like the the, the di- diaspora of you know the filipino community because like in in my soul i'm kapampangan you know even my family members like say this cuz i still speak the language and my right, yeah. the way that I go about life. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like, it's very, like, it's very kabampangan. Like, and that's a matriarchal, historically matriarchal society. Historically right? matriarchal yeah. society, right? Yeah. So, you know, you can you can look this up anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, videos on the internet, uh, articles on right, the internet. Right. Uh, but, so, so something that I, I feel like it's like a symbol of our culture, right? Is that, you know, lo- thank God that what, in our society, when the woman speaks, it's not just the woman yelling and no one's listening or singing and no one's listening right, to her. It's yeah. the woman saying something and people listen. Do you know what I mean? So, exactly. so um, a very uh, kind of like funny example of like of Kapampangan culture is that, you know, every dialect in the Philippines has its own native writing. Right. Mm. So each so Ilocano has its own uh, Visaya has its own. So. uh I like to think that the Philippines is like a combination. It's like actually like, like hundreds of cultures like squished into one, and people are like Filipino. You know what I mean? Nice. It's like no, we all have our own languages and cultures, and you know what I mean. Yeah. So Kapampangan, our like traditional written language is called Kulitan, right? And uh, I seen a graph once of each Filipino dialect in the native language and how it's how the Philippines, the word Philippines, is written in the native language. Tell me, it's a motherland. It's Something like that. no, no, it's like what, what it looks like in the traditional script. There you go. Oh, I got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it said, like the Philippines uh, script in Visaya looks like this, if that makes sense. Right. right. And in Kulitan, Kapampangan, uh, the symbol for the Philippines looks like what the Philippines looks like. Huh. Does it make sense? Like yeah. the symbol for the Philippines, the, the script of it looks exactly how you would like make like if you looked at the Philippines on a map and you characterize it, like that's what it looks like in our language. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, interesting. So I feel like that's like that's a symbol for how Kapampangan people are. It's very practical, mm, you know? Yeah. Straightforward. Problem solving, you know. You get what you get, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is a matriarchal that we are a matriarchal society as well, it's like you know the the head of the women in the house are like the ones that are making the decisions and being listened to and stuff and i feel like there's like a pragmatic aspect to that do you know what i mean yeah it's like let's identify the problem and face it head on because that's that's kind of like how our culture is you know like my family is like that my uncles 
I'm I'm starting to realize now that it's like it's the complete opposite of what you said in the story of of always like someone yelling the truth and no one listening basically right Mm -hmm. and in my family it's like no especially my my uncle my mom's younger brother my mom is like this too and um, a lot of my aunties it's like let's see what the actual problem is and then we figure out what to do after instead of backwards you know what i mean and you know um maybe that's what makes for a more cohesive society do you know what i mean like a more i don't know like moral i guess you could say because the reason why my uncle is like that and my mom is like that is because they're like they're not corrupt if that makes sense because in the philippines like the philippines as a country is like super corrupt you know what i mean but like but my family really tries to like uphold kind of like goodness and being kind to people and you know like not hoarding your money so that you know what i mean that you can I don't I don't know if I'm making sense right now, but I think you are. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so yeah. Trying to like maintain the is it kapampangan? Yeah. Uh-huh. They try to maintain those values. They try to maintain right the in values. Light of the oppression of the uh, current setting. Thank you. Thank you. That was excellent. Yeah. So you know, in order Got to you, in order to help the community and do what's best for the community, but also like, you know, make sure that our people are, are advancing at the same time with like ideas and, and, you know, economically and, you know, the, those kind of things. And I don't know, I feel like there's so many parts of my family's culture that can be used pragmatically, you know, going back to the, to the pragmatic sense to kind of like, um, mother society. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what I was thinking about when you, you were you were talking about that album. I was thinking about something else, but then I hella forgot. Was it about the um, I'll never let eleven I'll never let them hurt you, I'll never let them in part? Yeah, what, and what they oh, took from me is oh, mine, what is mine I'll never give. Right. So, you know, um I just realized that like describing that and then also <laughs> describing my family's like a matri- matriarchal society, like juxtaposed with um make sure you kill them if they hurt you, you know, kind of idea sounds like really ridiculous, but it's, but it's, it's all the same concept. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how can you, how can you pragmatically like, like love your family and like take care of them if you are not able to take care of yourself? Right. Right. And then, so you have to go about in a world that's, that's kind of aggressive, but it's also under the, the, the context that, people will be out there to hurt you. Exactly. You know? Like, I don't know if this adds... For me, it adds more to the emotional layers, but I don't know if it will for you. Maybe sure. when we actually listen to it. But um, just to hammer away the realism of Francis the Mute, it was conceptually... Like, they read out the... They wrote out the story. They read out... They wrote out the story <laughs> um, because one of the band members had a this... Or a friend of the band or something had this job where they would, like... Um, I think they would like clean out old cars bef- at like a junkyard before they would get like smashed. Mm. And he found a journal in there from like, well, it was the basis for Visman Signals, I think. I think he found a journal of like a um, barely not homeless, like prostitute person stuff. And it had all these crazy things in there. And they turned, and it was unfinished. It, was, it had been filled up like halfway. And then had nothing in it so what they did was the guy finished the story he took the story he took the half the first half that was real and then he finished it into this fictional piece that they 
then turned into like a lyrical conceptual thing that they could play so francis the mute as an actual story is wow. based on a real journal that was found in the backseat of a car by chance wow <laughs> yeah for me it adds the emotional layers to it because i don't yeah, know how right much of no it, i agree i don't know which parts are taken from the journal or not but i'm like this was based off of someone right <laughs> yeah like, that's crazy yeah but. no i i completely agree and like you know going back to the how i've been comparing the what you've been explaining with my f- my family's culture or whatever mm-hmm. i mean you know it sounds good and well talking about the philosophy of it right and how we came to be in what is the historical context and this and that but you know with those kind of contexts like it's i've kind of taken out the part where you know spanish colonial rule was like a real thing in the philippines right and oh yeah there's a lot of like imagery of people from where i come from that were teaching americans how you know i showed you the pictures teaching americans how to behead japanese people oh yeah right and yeah, it's that. it's indirect response to filipino women filipinas being forced to be comfort women mm. so for people unfamiliar those were the women that were kidnapped to be turned you know they were like forced into sex trafficking to service japanese uh military members that were in the philippines right that during world war ii so there was actually like a time during that time uh, a lot of like families were hiding their daughters and hiding you know the women in their family to you know whether mm-hmm. i'm not exactly sure like either the countryside or the city wherever there weren't a lot of like japanese people and stuff jap uh you know um soldiers and that's like you know that's not where the matriarchy started obviously it's like it dates way back like you know pre oh, yeah, fucking colonial yeah or yeah but yeah though you know going back to like what you were saying about the journal is like there's like actual real things and real reasons as to why these these ideas come about and it's like really raw and like things that we don't want to see or face or you know but we have to right like we we have to exactly and that kind of uh multi-dimensional level you know and and maybe that's the thing right and going the the next idea that i was thinking about is that the the deep level of like pain and thought that goes into these kind of artistic concepts or philosophical concepts i feel like are going back to the asian you know the the topic of of the shooting i think that's uh the reason why a lot of maybe people in america like asian americans don't want to talk about it anymore like they don't want to deal with it because it's almost as if like look we made it to america and i was talking to my mom about this and she kind of you know she agrees you know we came you know our families came to america so that we could work and like make a living like we don't have to want to deal with the political shit because there's a lot of a lot of the asian american community that's there that are political asylums you know or that sought political asylum so by the time they come to america they just want to work and mind their own business and do that um and don't realize that when they come here that they still got to deal with a lot of the same shit that they were escaping you know and it's like really fucked up but it's like it's it's been like the time to talk about it but maybe this would be more of a catalyst for for asian americans that are what do you call that like passive about it or um in indifferent or that were indifferent do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. there's a lot, like, especially the older generation, Asian Americans that are indifferent <laughs> and 
still maybe racist you know and that's something that we can't we can't hide that shit that a lot of asian people be fucking racist against whoever you know but want to reap the benefits of like black american culture and mm. you know what i mean yeah that's that's kind of where my brain is going in back to you ray yeah there's this there's a there's like a chicano movement in japan <laughs> I don't know how. Oh, I'm very familiar. <laughs> I am very familiar with it. <laughs> Yo, it's a bunch of Japanese people. Yeah. Just up like um, the people I hung out with at car shows growing up. And they all have like low riders. And stuff, like Because my mom just got a low rider. We're, we're getting back into it, right? And, nice. Um, yeah, my stepdad was very big on that. But um, him and I don't exactly see eye to eye. So hmm. I've been kind of like shutting that out for a while. But my mom just got a low rider. So now I'm kind of like, oh, cool, 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 cool. I'm yeah. Time to cruise and stuff. But anyways... There's a lot of these Japanese people doing it, and they were being interviewed by uh, someone, and uh, they were like, no, it's not racist. It's not cultural appropriation. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, elaborate. <laughs> and then um, I think they actually had, like, like a like a Chicano person who was like, do whatever you want. It's, it's okay. Because <laughs> it's not like they're doing it to try to become Mexican or to try right. and caric- like make a caricature out of being Mexican. Or, to be specific, Mexican American, <laughs> and the and the way yeah. that this movement started, but they, they they love it, <laughs> and they it's, they embrace right. it, and it, it's like a hobby almost. It's like a cultural hobby, right. and I'm like, yo, I want to visit that. I want to go. Yeah, over. I want to get my handlebar mustache put together. I want to go over there, and I, I want to do the, 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 the airplane. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the little cholo dance thing. And supposedly it's um. My phone, or sorry, my laptop lock. Supposedly, it's like appreciation more than it is appropriation, is what they said in the documentary. I'm not saying that, that that's my personal opinion, you know, but. (laughs) Do you have any opinions on that? (laughs) Uh, Not necessarily. Same. I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't really, I don't, I don't really mind it. I'm like, they're, they're just trying to vibe. I feel like you have more of a say because. You're Mexican. Arguably. I mean, my grandpa was a bracero, but I am pretty white. But I mean, like. I mean, but when you go back home to Salinas, I feel like it's like a mm. authentically Mexican experience, you know. Uh-huh. I'm not. It you, is, except my dad, the Hispanic one, does not speak <laughs> Spanish. And then my mom, yeah. the white one, does. So if anything. It's a blend. My white mom who speaks Spanish and has a low rider <laughs> is more of that stereotype than my hispanic dad is it's mm-hmm. kind of funny but my Wait, dad's yeah. dad was a bracero from mexico which is basically legalized slavery then he worked his yeah. way up to becoming oh what was he He was like a navy medic and then he i think got a degree in like nursing through stanford or something nice. like that i could be i could be wrong i'll ask my tia who gave that presentation i'll be like yo Tight. can you tell me about sig can you tell me about your dad <laughs> yeah uh, he died like 14 years before i was ever born so mm. i never met him but like, I don't know. I feel like you don't have to speak Spanish to be Mexican, right? Like, what if it was just never taught to your dad, or your dad just never picked it up? He's still Mexican at the end of the day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like he identifies a bit more with. Well, actually, he's. I love you, Dad. If you're listening, <laughs> I love you because he did say he was gonna check. He he did say he was gonna listen to my podcast. Oh, lit. maybe I like at the gym or something. So that's so pro- nice. If you're listening right now, you know you're whitewashed, right? No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, whatever, booger. No. My dad is never going to listen to this shit. <laughs> I don't know. 
I think it's like authentically like a. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just. I don't know who's gonna listen to this, for, but hey, hey, pal, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, none of this is hateful, but yeah. I don't. I think this is like an authentically Asian experience or whatever. But uh, our parents not knowing what the fuck we do, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it's like a big part of it. Like communication. What you do, you do something. There's stuff that you do that you're interested in. <laughs> no comment. Especially this like media. I will stuff. not comment on Asian stereotypes as someone who is not Asian. <laughs> I will not confirm nor deny whether or not. I will for sure confirm it because I'm saying it. Because I am saying it. My dad will never fucking listen to this shit. <laughs> Watch him like hit you up like the night of the f- like us dropping it. And he's just like, hey, that was pretty good. You're like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, I just mean, like, curveball. Right, right. I think it would just like also just like super fucking irritate him like just our takes on certain political things my dad is very conservative (laughs) well now like as of recent because in light of recent things that have happened he's become more moderate now (laughs) but my dad is yeah very baby steps baby steps steps. my dad is 10 years from now he's gonna be a a red-blooded commie (laughs) Oh man! Dressed in the black red capes of the anarcho-communists. <laughs> for the, for right now he is right wing. <laughs> for right and, now, and a different kind of red. <laughs> so oh, fair. But also that's that's something too, right? Going if we're gonna go off of this right now is that a lot of Filipinos are conservative as fuck, like right as fuck. Yeah. So. That's probably a different no topic we we're gonna get into. No comment. Um, I'm not gonna say if uh, Filipinos are right wing or not because I can't. Yeah, I mean it. Empir- there's also empirical research for it, so I feel oh, like if shit. you were, Never I think. Never mind. I got empiricism on my side. If you have like, if you actually like look into it and stuff, there's a lot of like conservative Filipinos and Filipinos that voted for Trump and. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh-huh. does it historically relate to the? Um, the geopolitics of china absolutely 100 percent. how did i know 100 percent. yeah and um, china not mao nothing like because establishing a communist regime to make a deal with a conservative right-wing american president and betray like or i guess nixon betrayed like all of the people he would he'd been fighting with yeah i'm just yeah uh, our friend um i don't know if i should say his name or not so I'll say a friend of ours was telling me about that the other day. A Vietnamese yeah. Friend was telling me about that. He was like, oh, yeah. We should probably keep people's names out until, exactly. unless they want to be I just keep name. saying mutual friends of ours. But yeah. uh, this other mutual friend, yeah, he was, um, he was telling me that. He was like, yeah, like Nixon literally made a deal with Mao Zedong. And I was like, oh, shit. Hmm. Well, when you put it that way. Right. <laughs> oh, oh. And, and I think it's also the things that Trump promised were things that a lot of Filipinos want, like not being taxed on their own stuff and being able to, you know. Yeah, I've heard from all political analysts in the Asian community that like Trump's anti-China stance is like golden. It's oh, absolutely. Like one way ticket in. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I mean, just for context, though, you know, China is the imperialist of Asia, and I, I mean, I can say that, yeah. like, as a Filipino, you know, like Arguably, all of the historically Japan has. But kind of imperialist as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Between those two, I'm oh, just absolutely. like, y'all need to chill. And but. you know what? Like, and and I have to be a little bit more like proud as a Filipino to like 
to like say this, but I mean, not that I'm, I'm not, but yeah, is that, you know, the, the view of the Philippines, I literally just talked about this yesterday with another friend, the, the way that other Asian countries view the Philippines is like, we're thieves and pirates and we're like the undesired Asian country. I've heard it referred to as melting pot before, but that's for sure. That sounds, that sounds that's gross well yeah especially when you're like like south of the philippines and the way that malaysia and indonesia talk about us and you know what i mean like we're like uncivilized and you can you can look this up dude because and the um because of all the terrorism that comes out of the philippines (laughs) do i look it up during my like intense research list for my um paper on imperialism i'm writing or do i do it after Hmm. how i mean how much do i value my mental health i know (laughs) (laughs) And I, I mean, I can also give you, just give you bullet points. You don't have to do, you know, I'm just basically saying I'll like eventually research so for much about this stuff. I mean, yeah, it's insane. But yeah. all I'm saying is that a bitch ain't lying about shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, so. All right. We are at the two hour mark. And I'm thinking that do motherfuckers still want to hear us talk about shit? This is real. Do you want to get lunch? Uh, hungry. Uh, yeah, I'm not or hungry. Or not. I have an orange. I'll watch you eat. <laughs> I have an orange, actually. I'll be fine. Oh, an orange is an entire meal. Yeah, they're fucking huge, dude. Oh, not like a cutie. You mean like a big-ass, like, yeah. booby-sized orange. Yeah, okay. I have two of them in my bag. Anyways, so <laughs> that that is it for the Art of Death podcast. Yeah. I'm out of brain cells, so y'all are just gonna have to wait until next time. But I mean, we got we talked about a lot of crazy shit. We were gonna we were gonna sit down and talk about yeah. s- just existentialism today, and then all this shit happened this week, and we talked about I feel like everything except for existentialism. But I'm not even it's complaining because okay. as usual, this conversation I'm like great. So maybe next time we'll talk about everything we've already talked about, like existentialist layers. You all have to do with aesthetics for now. Oh, we're just going to only talk about aesthetics? Something that I am, like, <laughs> extremely under uh-huh. Oh, no, like, <coughs> that's what they're going to have to deal with listening to from this podcast oh, okay. until next I time. You we're only going to do aesthetics for, like, the next few episodes. Please, no. I was like, please don't do that. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Thank God. Please. I was like, like, like my <laughs> friend, um, <laughs> I have a friend who is an esthetician, and, um. Oh, shout out to him. I love him. Yeah, he's amazing. But, like, Fuck. <laughs> I'm a, he'll talk to me about aesthetic stuff sometimes and i could say something about basically everything in philosophy not that i know anything deep i could say something small about everything he'll so be like in aesthetics a, when it comes to aesthetics i'm just like um i've never read any aesthetics so i'll just take your word for it pal yeah he'll be like what do you think about this and i'll be like i don't I don't know. Like earlier in this podcast, those are that is the extent of my aesthetics ideas, basically. That and I tie it to regimentation, but mm. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, lunchtime. Nom Lunchtime. Nom. Gotta go. All right. Bye guys. Later, fuckles. <laughs>